He's Aaron. She's Elizabeth. And, and we're, we're married, married to the, the idea. idea. Where we like to uh, take a... Two different viewpoints. We tried to. We I mean, tried. We worked really hard to come up with tonight's episode. Lists upon lists were made. So, um, we uh, we like to view things in different lights or have different viewpoints. Uh, so tonight... Or compare and contrast. Exactly. So, uh, we tried to come up with Disney sequels that are possibly underrated or that you have not watched. I would even add to that that some of these Disney sequels might be equal to or better than the original in their own way. Would I trade any of these sequels? Would I trade any of the original for the sequels? Probably not. Just by animation quality, probably not. But I'm not going to lie, there are some sequels I'm definitely fond of. Well, it's like Shrek 2 was incredible. Oh, yeah. But it does not compare to Shrek 1. But... It's, it's the most comparable of the other three sequels, or the, of the three sequels. So, in that kind of aspect, like what we're saying is, is, the sequel is amazing in these for these certain ones. The sequel is amazing, or sorry, the original. <laughs> I keep saying sequel. The original is amazing. The sequel comes pretty damn close. Just for clarification, we will not be addressing any of the live action remakes as sequels, as those Ugh. are. Remakes Reboots, and the only one, the only one in my opinion so far that has gone better than the original is Peace Dragon One because there's a Peace Dragon was really kind of terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry, it, it's kind of terrible. I rewatched it recently. It's kind of terrible. We're gonna get so many hate emails from and Peace Dragon fans. The Jungle Book because at least they told their own story. It wasn't a shot-for-shot shot remake. They embraced the idea of the story and took it in a different way. I and uh, I have not seen the remake for Pete's Dragon yet, so I can't comment it's on that one. It's got this wonderful, like folksy Appalachian charm that was like totally missing from the original. The original, it was hillbillies and hucksters and a coastal uh, town. Yeah, very different, very different. But, but that's all we're gonna say. Not uh, yeah. what we're gonna talk about. We're gonna but talk about. Quick note is like, <laughs> I, I like the remake. I did not like. Ben Kingsley as Bagheera. Yeah, very instantaneously, Aaron's heard being Ben Kingsley as Bagheera. He's like, I, like, I don't like it. <laughs> I like Ben Kingsley. I think you're just really sore on him ever since he, he ruined to you Iron Man 3. No, no. <laughs> I, in fact, I'm probably the least salty about that move, so. But, it, like, that's that was my opinion with that. I liked a, a lot of the other stuff, too. I don't think I liked it as much as you, but... I did like a lot of the other stuff. Idris Elba, Good Idris golly, Elba. Miss Molly. Yes. Scary. That is a scary Shere Khan. Yes, the original one was a lot more upper crust. <laughs> How droll. That kind of thing. This one's just a savage. Like, like warlord with a high intelligence. Yeah, sort of, kind of Far Cry villain sort of feel to yeah, it. Yeah, he was, oh, like a savage who won't mind getting his hands dirty, but always oh, has yeah. a, like a big, bigger plan going on. So anyways. We are really getting off topic for this thing yeah. that it took us so long to figure out. So uh, we've kind of split this list slightly in half, um, where we then we kind of conveyed on the, the last one. There's not really a order to this. This is just, uh, we thought of a couple movies, uh, Disney sequels rather, uh, that are um, 
Worth checking out. Yes. we uh, Our we'll, recommendations for that. We'll tell you our specific loves for them and why they may be terrible but still worth checking out as we go. And now you'll probably have already seen that this isn't just about this list, but we, we kind of have a... Um, We're using all this to build up to, I think, the best Disney sequel. Like, the best underrated because we're going to talk about some that everyone uh, knows and loves and like oh and they are in yeah. their own way and this is one that like not many people knew direct to video release no big hoopa about it this was yeah. just one that is much better than it deserves to be uh yes so much better all right so well, elizabeth why don't you start with uh your first one okay um which was a bit of a surprise to me that like anyone actually liked this movie at all. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna so I'm gonna say it, and you're all gonna hate me, and then I'm gonna carry on, and hopefully you'll hate me less. <laughs> um, my first equal better or deserves to be in its own right sequel. I think I think we should just classify all of these deserves it to be good in its own right. Good in its own right. Little Mermaid three Ariel's beginning. Again, that surprises me. Like, it, okay, so here's the deal. I got a real beef with the original Little Mermaid. Oh my god. I know people really like it. I know it heralded the beginning of the Disney Renaissance. I know that without it, Beauty and the Beast couldn't have happened, and Lion King couldn't have happened, and Aladdin couldn't have happened. I know that it's super important to the history of the company. However, Ariel never grows. She has no growth as a character. She wants something... She gets it. She doesn't have to fight for it. She doesn't have to change for it. There's no lesson that she learns. Even in the movie, she only half, you know, she, she yells out an apology before her father gets turned into a little sea urchin. So there is no, there's no, um, oh, not feedback. There is no growth. Growth. The, with that in mind, I normally am very much against prequels in all forms oh because God. they do not <laughs> do justice to the character and you know who's going to come out of it and who's not. It's Rogue One Syndrome. You know all these people are going to uh, die. Why do you care? But if I had to pick one that showed a more interesting story and complex character development, not a better villain. Ursula is still the best villain of this whole thing. But it wasn't thing. even like her. It was her si Or was that the no, second one? No, that's why you're... See, that's so hard because it's hard to keep these two movies... So the second one, which is... Like something atrocious, else. Atrocious, which is lost. about Ariel's daughter who grows up on land wanting to be in the sea and Ursula's crazy sister Morgana who lives in the Arctic and she makes friends with a penguin and it's real stupid. It's the exact same story only reverse which has no point it's um it's laying the tramp two syndrome oh god but uh little mermaid three is a prequel and it starts off with ariel yeah, and it's dirty dancing underwater yes it's footloose footloose sorry footloose underwater Fo footloose. Dirty dancing, I got my, mature for I got, disney <laughs> yeah it would be ariel, nobody puts flounder in the corner ariel and her sisters they all had uh a mom and Triton loved his wife, and his wife loved music, and there's always music in the Kingdom of Atlantica. And then one day, she is killed helping save her family by humans, by a ship that runs and, and runs into her and kills her. And from that day on, Triton banned music in the Kingdom of Atlantica because it hurt his heart too much. So the whole premise of this is Ariel discovering her love of music. Um, and half the reason I like it is because um, she has more growth because she just has more control over her own destiny. She gets to express something that she really, really likes. It's not a romance. 
and is literally trying to reconnect with her father who has grown distant from all her children, his, his children, trying to help her sisters remember their mother and how much she loved music. So I, and the animation is comparable. It is good animation. It's that, that good second, because I've seen clips from it, it's that good second tier yeah. anime. Like with like the original Disney is like that top, top god tier mm -hmm. of animation whereas i yeah i would i would agree with that i think it's disney it was disney australia they produced a lot of those movies at the time oh. i think i i don't know that 100 <laughs> percent um and i don't have anything well to look it up uh, right since, at the second, so. since we don't have google in this day and age no one can ever prove I, us wrong. I don't have anything on me <laughs> to okay. google at the moment but um so i i do have to say um i've not seen ariel or ariel's beginning I've not. I've not actually seen Mermaid, Little Mermaid two. Yeah. Um. But it does actually kind of. I was. I was gonna be like, oh, pish posh. But it does actually kind of explain the overreaction that Triton had finding out that her, his daughter is oh, really yeah. interested in the human world. Like so much more explained and so much more emotion. There's a lot of quiet moments in this that you're not expecting, and yeah, the songs are good. That. They're not memorable, but they're good. They're not. And they do original good, but they're. Sebastian does her cover of shake, 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 oh. out, shake your body right. It's so. That's okay. I, okay. <laughs> it's, this movie is not sold to me, but that 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 is a that is a huge con uh, pro, and it's uh, the villain is worthless. But I say the father daughter connection is what makes it better. Okay. All right. So my uh, so uh, Little Mermaid three Ariel's beginning the prequel um, for Little Mermaid is recommended by Elizabeth. Um, what do you recommend, Aaron? Is yet another three in a trilogy um, that is really strange, with the second one being kind of real uh, not worthwhile. And uh, you actually mentioned it just a second ago, and that's actually going to be Aladdin. And the King of Thieves. And the King ah. of Thieves. So the original Aladdin has some great writing, some great voice acting, and uh, actually helped birth Pixar. Uh, because one of Pixar's first big scenes was the tower, the, the, Cave, of the Cave of Wonders, and the tower rolling down the mountainside. Uh, those are like their first like big scenes. Didn't they do carpet too? Not as tassels, but because mm, carpet was a very specific rug I don't design. Think so. maybe, but I don't think he's so. not hand drawn. He's definitely no, but he's. Yeah, I think he's he's a different style of animation. However, I easily could be wrong because I don't know that for certain. That'd be and, very and, impressive. And, and our last episode, I was super wrong, <gasps> so right. I can't like be like, oh no no no. So, uh, but the original Aladdin was really really great. I remember watching the second Aladdin, and it's, it's Iago's story. It, it's 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 it should be like it's fine, but it's Iago's story. It's not Aladdin's. Story. I was probably less annoyed with the second one than everyone else in the world because yeah. I kind of I thought the phone, the songs were a little fun. Um, Gilbert Gottfried gets way too many. Songs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Dan Castanella tried his hardest. Uh, the genie. Yeah, the the voice actor who does Homer Simpson and a bunch of other voices on um, the Simpsons, the Simpsons uh, was brought in because of a dispute between Robin Williams and Disney uh, because of a part in Robin Williams' contract that said you can't do royalties or or something about. There was an advertising dispute where they asked Robin Williams because of his star power to be in it. He's like, fine, but you're not going to use me to promote this movie. So instead, yeah, right. they just made the genie like half the size of the poster, and he just flipped his mind. Yeah, he got, he got, well, it's like in his contract, yeah. like, because of, like, SAG and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
so Dan Kessel is brought in. So the third movie, I remember it was heavily advertised as like, Robin Williams is back as the genie. Oh yeah, of course. And you can tell oh my God, they dressing. tried so hard for the genie to be a bigger part of this movie. He was a, like you could almost cut out the genie and it he would not change useful, it again. He wasn't useful, which is a thing they talk about in the second movie. He's not useful in the second movie at all, but it becomes annoying that he can't help. In the third one, he is equally unuseful but at least he's funny as hell. One of our favorite inside jokes <laughs> comes from the third movie. Osiris! Osiris! Uh, Thor? Uh, keep going. No, keep going. No, 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 keep Thor? going. Thor? Thor. Oh. Are you, are you Thor? Oh, well, it hurts. <laughs> well, it hurts. Sand! It's, it's everywhere! everywhere. Get, Get used to it. it. Oh, so much good riffing. <laughs> and a lot of that comes from Robin Williams as it did in the first movie. The reason the third movie stands out is because of the direction they chose to take the story. Um, obviously, the title is King of uh, Aladdin and the King of Thieves. Um, Aladdin and Jasmine are finally getting married, even though they're supposed to get married immediately after the first movie. There's a little continuing uh, continuity problems. And they draw on the myth of Alibaba and the 40 thieves to create these 40 thieves that come and wreck up the place. Yeah, and it's, there's some really cool sequences with the changing, with um, you know uh, the genie changing, stuff like that. They're they're played up a little bit too much for laughs. You can tell everyone was so happy to have him back. Yeah, like, just let like, him say anything. Just put him in as much as possible. And he's like, no, I've already done this shit. Like, <laughs> come on, guys. And like, but in as funny as the genie is, the relationship that happens. Um, uh, this is a spoiler, but I mean, they're this is Disney a, sequels. Let's yeah. not get too precious about our spoilers. <laughs> um, it turns out the leader of this ring of thieves, these forty thieves, is actually. Aladdin's father who abandoned him and his mother when he was very very young um and he's voiced by the always amazing David Ogden Stiers. yes I love that man doing a yeah. uh, very important impersonation I swear I read that they're trying to get Sean Connery oh they absolutely he, tried and he's like no <laughs> that was a terrible Sean Connery. Yeah, I, I couldn't apologize. do it either. Don't worry, I, I'm equally not talented in this. Give you a minute, you'll get Are it. Are you crazy? Uh, that's... I'm Sean Connery. There. Get the fuck out of my trailer. <laughs> uh, there's a little they... Nick Cage in there. Uh, yeah, heard. there's a little bit, yeah. Which, I mean, The Rock, but... Um... <laughs> So, but I think like there was like David, could you do so you, sli slightly, you know, Scottish uh, accent for slightly. some reason for an Arabian desert dweller? You also picked a movie that focuses on uh, child and parent relationships. Yes, this time being father and son instead of father and daughter, um, and you get to see Aladdin kind of confront his feelings of abandonment and you know his commitment to not only. Um, you know, his future, but also to Jasmine as well. Mm -hmm. Not that he, like, is going to leave Jasmine. He just doesn't know what he wants out of life anymore since this huge wrench has been thrown into the mix. And um, there is some funny scenes with other side characters, but the main focus, thank God, is on Aladdin and his relationship with his father. Um, I'm forgetting the name off the top of my head. But, uh... <laughs> And there's and there's some cool kind of mythos Kasim. brought into Kasim. Thank you. Good I remember job. that because of the way that the villain says it. Oh yes, the main villain. The main villain's a 
pretty much a throwaway, but he's, but he's got the like the best fight choreographies when he and Aladdin have to fight to prove who's gonna get to stay in the Forty Thieves. Otherwise, Aladdin's gonna get killed. And there's this crazy red and blue color schemed fight and yeah, lightning. Yeah. It's very very cool. And um, he actually does have a cool song. the The songs are not as good. Um, I would say probably the that song and then like the song maybe at the end are probably quote unquote the best. And, like, there's that fan theory that the genie is actually the peddler. You kind of see a little bit more of the peddler at the end. So, so they kind of, like, kinda wrap, wrap it up together. Yeah. I do like the third movie because it's nice that it doesn't get wrapped up happy at the end. It's it's happy it's for Aladdin and Jasmine. Yeah. It's happy that he's regained his relationship with his father. But his father has proven that he, while he still, he, while he loves his son now more than the hunt for treasure, he can never be accepted into society yeah. he's a criminal he's an outlaw he'll never be able to just be a normal dad and so he can't be there for him but he is there in a way and he's he's irredeemable but in a lovable he, he's, way. he's irredeemable but not at the same time and uh iago ends up going off with him so which should it's have been like, his own spin you're good but not too good <laughs> and it's and he was like i kind of like that because iago was like ah. And this is kind of like it was also kind of a wrap up for the show as well. So, That's true. Um, so that so it's definitely worth a recommendation, if not only for the last few seconds that Aladdin and Jasmine are on screen, they're flying on carpet, and they get up to a certain point, and Aladdin is looking at Jasmine, and he's got a kind of a wicked smile, and then he does this thing with his eyebrows, he's up and down three times, very quick. Oh yeah. And it's like, and I remember you and I and a friend of ours, uh, John, who's been on the show, watch is like, oh my god, that's you're gonna get sexed tonight. You are gonna have so much sex just thrown on you. We ain't just gonna cut this rug if you know what I'm saying. So, um, Aladdin in the King of Thieves, uh, definitely worth a watch. Uh, Kitties will like it, and plus Robin Williams comes back. So, your. Uh, uh, second one. Uh, I'm gonna have to tie it because these two are really good to me in totally different ways. Um, and I'll go. Uh, I'll quickly say why. Uh, tied for me, the next best one would be uh, Lion King Two: Simba's Pride. Normally, I don't care for the the same lesson I learned, but my daughter learns now. Message, but it is a little different in that even though Simba's daughter is trying to be her own, they instead of playing off of Hamlet. Uh, play off of Romeo and Juliet in this particular to, to a degree. Like this is not about a son returning to claim his father's throne after being exiled. Yeah. This is about two star-crossed lovers from opposing sides. There are evil lions now because there were definitely one, Scar definitely had lionesses. No, he didn't. Yeah, apparently he like he had screwed this whole... one so much he like got yeah. uh, 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 what's the syndrome uh. The one that everyone accuses Belle of having. Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm He got Stockholm Syndrome. So the, this crazy chick is raising up this young cub, Kovu, to take over, to kill Simba, take over the Pride Land. I'm pretty sure Kovu was voiced by Jason Marsden. Jason Marsden, if you're listening, we I would absolutely die if you came on the show. To we, talk you, about you, this we, movie we, we, we and fo- nothing else. I follow you on Instagram and, and you and you like to comment that I left on one of your videos and it was the greatest thing that whole day. You Here, have no honey, idea. Have a glass of water okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Calm yourself, child. <laughs> Sorry, um, I do believe Jason Marsden voiced him. I could be wrong on that, but I I, I remember in something popping um, up in that. 
the message is ham-fisted. We're all the same um, underneath it all, but I do like that there's some fun songs, and the relationship between them is really uh, nice, and there's this really cool scene of Simba actually, you know, taking responsibility. It's a great note. I wouldn't trade it for the first one, but it's good. I think my God, no. slightly better than that, that I really like, and again, this is one of those, you have to just accept the premise of the grain of salt, is Bambi 2. Oh, yeah. Patrick Stewart as is, is the king of, of the, the forest. forest. Yes, yes, come now. I will take the boy. <laughs> it's It starts off right after Bambi's mom gets shot. Instantaneously, you're in that snowy forest, and the dad comes up and is like, your mother cannot be with you anymore. Come. And I'm like, how do you make this into a movie the kids will like? But there is... That is one of my favorite father-son relationships, I think, in a Disney movie, because it's a father who has no idea how to raise a kid at all. Wants the best for him, though, so he wants a doe to raise him and take care of him, but he also knows that he needs to train him to be Prince of the Forest. And the dad in the original is, is kind of an asshole, but he's, he's supposed to do it. He's supposed to get Bambi up on his feet when he's dying in that fire. He's like, get up. Get up right now. We gots to go. Yeah, like, uh, instead of, um, like, help, like... It's not compassion. Yeah. It's, like... Uh, fight necessity. for life, yes. Necessity. This so. one, it's a lot sweeter. There's a lot of sweet moments. The animation is That's, on point. I think this is it's the same um, Australian uh, company. Yeah, the same, we're the same frame of uh, animation as uh, uh, the one that you said. The Little Mermaid. Yeah. Three. Um, that I really, kind of great uh, ebb and flow, uh, squash and stretch. Exactly. It thank looks... you, thank you, Jenny, our animation oh, friends, yeah, for teaching absolutely. me so much. Squash what? and stretch. Tell, tell me, like, oh yes, you like this animation, and here's why. <laughs> um, it's a midquel, so it's kind of like you, have, you have to accept I hate the premise. Of all of these terms, we have prequel, midquel, sequel, yeah. flash forwards, flash sideways, yeah. flashbacks. Well, we'll get to that because I think our. The one we've liked so far at the end of this is the one that well, does that most, but we'll get there. Yeah, so um, my, so, uh... So I think it's ahead. worthwhile, yeah. and I think it actually made me cry at the end, because you think Bambi's dead. Of course he's not dead, because it's a mid cool, but it's really about the father coming to terms with accepting emotional responsibility for his son, and it's really beautiful. And again, the two that she picked, I did not, I have never seen, I have seen clips, I have seen things about well, it. Watch but it on Netflix it. for Disney Takes Everything Away. Yeah. So, um, but you said that that was your favorite father and son. My, even though, um, I, I'm not, you know, I'm definitely not trying to choose ones that don't deal with any kind of mother relationships, but there's very few out there. Moms are my, usually dead. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and if I, honestly, if I had to choose one, I might choose Brave. Because actually. That's true. I, and it's like, if that was more the focus of they that movie, poorly, it would have been. Just, poorly marketed that movie. I would have. Yeah, I thought it was going to be some sort of like trailer, fun fantasy type thing. Every trailer was the first three minutes of that movie where yeah. there was nothing. And all of a sudden you go in that movie and at 30 minutes the movie completely flips and all of a sudden it's about mom is a bear. And I'm like, what just happened? Yeah, you're like, I was not expecting I did this. not sign up for this. <laughs> like Frozen being, um, you know, about the sister relationship. like, And I like that people are exploring these different relationships. But one that has been explored a lot, but this is still probably my favorite one. It does not replace the original, especially in music. They did not even try with music. But, because I was born in the 90s, grew up in the 90s, and had some of my formative years in the early millennium, <laughs> I, like a lot of suburban white teenage boys, were influenced by the games of Extreme 
aka the X Games, and wanted to be a extreme rollerblader or extreme skater or extreme biker. So therefore, extremely goofy movie is <laughs> my pick. Um, because not only is it does it hold a huge, huge nostalgic hold on me, but as I've grown older, I've re- looked back on the movie, I've realized the scenes that I liked as a kid are not that great, because they're all like, oh my god, he did a handstand on a freaking skateboard. That's still actually pretty cool, about the thing about it. Like, he, he, he bounces the skateboard and, like, does a one-arm handstand on it. Like... On the top of a ramp. How? How? Okay, so <laughs> there's those kind of scenes. But what happens is this is uh, if uh, a Goofy movie was in when he was in high school, like maybe freshman or sophomore year. This is when he is a senior graduating and going to college or had graduated and now is in college. Um, and the relationship between Max and Goofy is explored to a lot of different depths. They did a lot in the um, the first movie. The first movie's overall story is better. God damn that music! I have the soundtrack and I listen to it all the hell, all the fucking time. Um, the second one is more about the relationship versus just this road trip between a son who does not want to be there and a kind of clueless dad. Um, this one is more about a dad who's struggling to find his place in the world because his whole, re- like, almost reality has been raising his son. His son is now grown up and at college away from him, and he has to figure out what the hell he's going to do. It's a midlife crisis in a kid's movie. And then Max has to not only deal with, you know, going to a new school, though he's got, you know, his his buds, um, Pete and... PJ. Or is it PJ and I'm God, I'm forgetting the crazy guy. The guy with the cheese was in his mouth who yeah. says, dude, why are we always wearing gloves? And he was never seen again. <gasps> so The mouse had him executed. He became self-aware. He, he, <laughs> he must, must be terminated. Be <laughs> so uh there's there's a lot of funny scenes. Um some of the animation some of the animation is that level quality. Like I think like this is one of the first movies they did, so they were, were able to kind of um play around with it. Uh Blad sorry, not Vlad. <laughs> Brad Garrett of like Everybody Loves Raymond, who does a lot of voice work because he's got a deep, deep voice. Mm-hmm. He actually plays a really kind of funny side character, and um, there, there's some. Uh, it's basically like Max goes to college, Goofy comes to college. Max tries to stay away from his dad. His dad ends up becoming an a extreme sports person with him, and but joins this other team because. His son doesn't want him on his team, and he's like, oh my goodness. And now, Aaron, tell me, did the X Games sponsor this movie? Because I have no idea. All this movie is, is 50% X Game logos. They, they, literally, they literally have a college X Games, and that's what they're competing in. I remember the sportscaster. Yes, there's like this... the big one who's basically genie, but dog form. Yeah, it does feel that way. I don't like that they didn't bring back Roxanne because Roxanne might be one of my favorite parts of a, a Goofy movie. Yeah, but I think they made a slight she's crush. She is my crush. Uh, they made a slight. I feel like they made a slight reference to her and her friends because at one point there's a girl. There's like two college girls that look almost like the older versions of them, and they're talking. Oh my god! Look at that guy! Oh my god! Oh my god! And like, 
bitch, that was your boyfriend. Respect and remember him. He but, was a skater boy. She said, see you later, boy. He wasn't good enough for her. I just came up with that right now. Cue the Vuvuzuelas. Anywho, uh, so again, the music, like the music is just generic background noise. Um, doesn't have anything like Tevin Campbell. It is absolutely worth your worth a watch. Come for the awesome animated X Games uh, <laughs> scenes. Stay for the father son relationship. And by God, I love that movie. <laughs> um, oh, again, Jason Marsden was Max in both movies. That's right. You're right. Again, Jason, if you want to come on the podcast, I would love to have you on. Maybe it's just like if a Jason Day, Jason Marsden, Jason Momoa. Oh, God. Jason oh. Todd, fictional Robin. I There's don't know. other Jasons out there. <laughs> I really got lost in that Jason Voorhees. Ah, uh, here we go. Jason, I forget his last name, from the Power Rangers. Ooh, that's a good uh, one. So, um, so we've, we've both have done two each that are very, these are probably more well known than the final one. Oh, and this final one. We just, we literally, just watched it. We have not discussed this. Have not. Because it just finished so we have i will let you know before we do this this was we did not know this would be this way we were recommended this through several youtube videos saying and like lists this and... is worth checking out and i'm like there's no way this movie is worth checking out and then they showed like, one I scene got... one five second clip we saw that we looked at each other and said we have to watch this movie now and when we saw the when we saw the clip we were expecting it and we Still busted out laughing. Oh my god, it's so funny. I, I to give just a hair of another more ba um, background, uh, especially like with um, Lion King two, and even you could even say a little bit further on with the uh, Little Mermaid three, like those movies. Specifically, why I didn't watch them is because I became Disney sequel fatigued. Yeah, I I'm pretty sure I saw Enchanted Christmas. Way, way, way back when from Beauty and the Beast. Uh, you know, oh, Aladdin 1 and, and 2. And to Christmas, I thank you, because I was thinking that Hunchback 2 was the worst, but you've reminded me that any Beauty and the Beast sequel is to be shamed, ridiculed, and never seen the light of day. It is not worth watching to review and mock. It is all terrible. <laughs> like, we, like, we've like we watched some terrible movies with Rift Tracks, and then we watched Tammy and the T-Rex. Ah, Tammy and the T-Rex. And, you know, we've watched some bad movies on purpose and on accident, like that one, like that one is just a mockery of its source material, even worse than the Alice in Wonderland Tim Burton movies. It really is, and it really does irk me. And that's why we're not reviewing that one. Instead, we're reviewing one that genuinely. You would think from the title alone, you would think, "Oh my God, this is as bad as Tom and Jerry and, and Willy, Willy Wonka, Wonka and, and the Chocolate, Chocolate Factory. Factory or um, Muppet Wizard of Oz, like oh, just that like cast grand." Oh god, I, I watched that. I might even still have it. Oh, like, I hope one. not. Um, you would think from the title alone that it would be bad. However, we are here to say it's still bad, but it's not <laughs> terrible. This is not this is not Disney sequel bad. This is not spitting on the original bad. Abs I would, and you would think again with the premise, it would yeah. be. Yeah. So I think we've. I think I have we hyped it enough, Aaron? Have we I'm built not, it up? I'm not even sure I'm going to put the name in the title for this one. I kind of so. hope you don't because, like, <laughs> we, we try to go surprising. 
at other times. And like, and then, and then you've got like, and you've got like the movie poster up on the thing. I'm like, well, never mind then. No, we're going to surprise one, him with this. Yeah, I think it should be like a four call for the, like the two, the other two movies that we talked, or the four movies we talked about. Tell and then a Aaron. question mark. Tell him, Aaron. The last movie that the main that we're going to delve into for you oh good people. Oh my gosh. Is, drum roll please. Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time. You heard that correctly. Oh my god. I can't believe we're talking about this. This, I cannot believe this movie was made in the first place. I cannot believe this movie was made with the people who voice the characters. Because, like, half of this voice cast is people who've done other stuff. Like, and who are well known enough. Yeah. Or have been in other Disney movies or Disney properties. And they're still, they're somehow in this movie. Yeah. And I... I, I can't believe Let the thoughts. Let's clarify here. Oh my god. I just um, like all these can't believes. Aaron, our thoughts on the original Cinderella. <laughs> a, be a beautiful movie. One be of Walt Disney's. Visually, visually absolutely. One stunning, of Walt yes. Disney's favorite stories, favorite fairy tales. He always said that the scene of Cinderella transforming into her ball gown dress was some of the well, was one of his favorite pieces of animation that the studio ever produced. But did he do that, or did the seven old men do it? Uh, I'm not sure, but he's. I'm pretty sure it's that he watched it and he's like, "This is it. I okay, love yeah. this." Because he was more. He was more on the. He did the animation, but he was. More, he liked more on the directing side. Of the um. Game. So we both like it, but I think we can all agree that the original Cinderella, in comparison to more recent Disney heroines, is not a go-can-do princess. That does not mean that she is weak. We actually, upon further viewings and looking again at the character versus the live-action remake, God. <laughs> she is the original Cinderella kicks ass compared to the remake Cinderella. Uh, yeah. But the point Here, is, it's if, a, you, hang, if you want the best comparison of a of the original animated Cinderella and the live action Cinderella, Nostalgia Critic did it did it better than we ever could. He really does bring up the good points, and we agree with his final analysis that Ellen. Uh, sorry, no, don't. Well, sorry, spoil. But like, just watch the whole thing. We agree with what he said at the very end. Abs we because we we went and like oh yeah absolutely that's so, the one yeah because uh, there's gonna be pros and cons for both of them but what we want to talk about is knowing this if you love it to pieces I mean don't don't ever watch a sequel for a movie you love to pieces I learned that with Beauty and the Beast so don't do that to yourself if you just if you love it and every little bit of it and you can't admit any faults to it don't do this <laughs> but if don't you put ever, yourself through it if you ever say to yourself boy half this movie was talking mice and I wish Cinderella you know had a bit more controlling her own life and I wish the prince had a personality besides a yawn this is the one to go to the, yeah and like the thing is is like if if you want to they, retcon it this yeah. is the way to retcon correctly and it's so weird it shouldn't work the opening, there's no reason this should work to the though it's a low extent to the extent that it does it the, has no reason. The opening song, which is the very first thing you start oh, off with, God. like it was so saccharine sweet. We were seriously like, I was thinking, should we just? I don't know. I, I don't know if we can make it. It's not gonna this. get better. From we should probably yeah. just <laughs> stop it right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Gonna so be ignore the anything. first. The yeah. first is a beautiful. Yeah. We're perfectly perfect, and I'm There's, your wife, and I'm your husband, and we're married, and how wonderful it and is. And we were talking about the animation company. This was actually the last movie made in like Walt Disney 
Australia, the animation company out there. So, that makes sense. So, but it's this might be their best work with some of the scenes that they did. It's fluid. It's that squash and stretch, but it's really well done, and it almost looks effortless. And in fact. My least favorite designed character is Cinderella because of how she looked in the original and they try to stay true to that. They have to stay true and Cinderella in the original has like no nose when you look at her face front yeah. on. It's They want her to be like, not flawless, but like almost overly beautiful. A doll. It's really. Yeah. You can tell that they had to struggle really hard to maintain the character model, but also give her some sort of squash and stretch personality beyond that and and i think they came as close as they could with it i, th I think they worked with the best that they the they um they worked they did the best that they could with so what they had. the premise of this is there's a second one don't bother watching it it's three different mini shows pilots wrapped up into one movie completely oh worthless. okay yeah because they're like because they retcon they even retcon that movie so this, like entirely yeah the whole premise of this movie is that cinderella and prince been married for a year it's been great it's been wonderful hunky-dory two minutes Perfectly in perfect <laughs> two minutes in fairy godmother loses her wand evil stepmother finds it and reverses time to make sure that Cinderella never got her happily ever after. She goes back to the point where she was locked in the tower, makes Anastasia's foot fit the glass slipper, and then continues to connive and keep Cinderella away from the prince again and again and again, while she tries to figure out what the heck is going on because she has she's no like, idea that she like It's happens. like, oh, I saw the prince. We danced together. I had the slipper. They gaslight Cinderella so hard in this, I felt terrible for her. It, um, they actually, uh, when reading the trivia, they said, like, this is the darkest of the the three movies like Absolutely. and i'm like and, and there's a couple points near the end i'm like holy shit how the first is this gonna movie get better? is dark the ripping of the dress scene is yeah terrifying it, it is but like there's enough brighter moments whereas this one the bright moments try to shine but they don't shine as well because there's just so much murkiness yeah um it got very don bluthy at the end did you notice that yeah i got i i felt yeah yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely would agree with that um so Basically, Anastasia takes Cinderella's place, wants to find this prince and make her, make him love her and all this good stuff. And there's actually, or, and then Cinderella is trying to get her, trying to get him back and trying to do that, which kind of proves Cinderella can take care of things. And it actually gives this character who you would think you didn't really think much about beforehand, unless you watched the second movie, um, gives her a real big opportunity to grow and she actually does like i think it's a natural enough progression for this story now, i think so i mean the first cinderella knew how to keep her head above water even in this horrible house where she was forced to work as a slave so yes yes when she's mother. confronted yes, with the lock yeah when she's confronted with the locked door she's like let's go into the servants quarters and she just charms her way just by being nice she, and helpful she, into she the castle smiles and the guy goes and just kind of like there is some smile. funny animation in there this. There is there, uh, like beyond uh, the Call of Duty. I don't think it's Disney, but it's definitely funny. Like this is that like a, what we were saying, like maybe second tier animation like quality. It's still not great, but it's pretty damn good for what it is. It's like the and especially the comedic parts. There's a food fight in the middle of the movie that is completely unnecessary, does yeah. not serve much of a purpose at all, but it, there's points in it are, that are hilarious. Oh, yeah. Like, and it's, but... It's I the think character it's the reactions. They yeah. Do, they have great comedic timing with That's, it. Yeah, I was about to say. 
Um, so, and then, like I mentioned before, the voice acting, um, Tress, Tress McNeil of Animaniacs, Futurama, and a shit ton other Wasn't fame. she the bloodbender in Avatar? Mm, I don't... Is Tress McNeil docked? Yeah. Then she was the voice of the ancient bloodbender that took I Katara. don't think she is, but it's a possibility. Nostalgia Crick told me that, that the person who's the voice of Dot is the voice of that bloodbender. And they, they, if that's true, um, just go ahead and look it up real quick. But I think you're right. I actually, I, I am admitting that I am wrong here. Um, it's and, always fun when so, Aaron does it. But I, I, be, I believe you're right, but I'm not 100%. So I'll keep going as you are looking this keep up. Keep going. Uh, so Tre Tress McNeil, um, and that is one of only two names that I actually recognize. Well, Grey Delisle. Grey Delisle actually steps in as Cinderella. And I thought she was the same voice actress as Ariel, and I'm forgetting her name, uh, who has done other things in Disney properties. She was Barbie in um, the Toy Story movies. She was also Thumbelina in Don <laughs> Blue's Thumbelina. <laughs> I can't help but think of the Swan Princess whenever I think of those movies. What else is, is there? there? Um, so, uh, Grey Delisle did a great job. She was able to bring kind of a subtlety to the role, because that's just Grey Delisle. Um, you'll know her from actually Megara from um, uh, Hercules and our fa our darling uh, Rose Quartz in um, yep. Steven Universe. So with the uh, so you've got those two kind of heavy hitters, and then you have Rob Polson, who is like the one of the longest working working voice actors in the business right now. I, I know he's not, but he's one of them. He's You, you realize that he was in the original uh, 80s, 90s TMNT? I had no idea. He was Raphael. Oh, And crazy. he is Donatello in the new one. He was he also... He sticks around no matter what. He, he, he is a marathon man. But I, I'm sure like if you asked him about that, he would be like, oh, I do no more work than... Um, there she is. Hama. She's the bloodbender. I said bloodbender. I thought you meant, uh, what's her face? The uh, Zuko sister. No, I That's said bloodbender. No, not Azula. You're, sorry. I thought you were talking about Azula, who is a specific voice actress as well. Yes. But yes, I'm sorry. Yes, she was the bloodbender. Yes. Oh, God, yeah. I have now been Oh, I forgot about that. She's that a good job episode. here, too. <laughs> yes. Uh, and Tress McNeil, actually, I don't know if anyone else could have done a better job because she, she had the comedy, because she does comedy very well. She did the comedy really, really she well. She made Anastasia likable, which they also do in the second movie, too. They did, um, they gave her a love interest. She, I think in, she was probably that voice role as well. Probably. I think. I'm, they brought back so. characters in the second movie that most people didn't even see, but they still bothered with the continuity in that way. What I like about this movie is that it retcons in the correct way. If you had just kept going with sequels and you'd be like, well, we never did address how they fall in love in one night or how the prince had no personality oh or my, this yeah. or that. Um, this one, we actually had get to see both of them and their personalities. Like, you actually get to see the relationship between the, the king and the prince. You actually get to see the personality of the prince. You actually get to see the personality of the king. You get to see a lot more of the, the stuff that, like, that are huge plot holes in the first one. Like, well, isn't there going to be a ton of girls that have that same foot size? The prince says that because Anastasia like, oh, shows yeah. up at the palace with the so that fits in the fair and the evil stepmother's like, of course you have to marry her. The shoe fits. He's like, there must have been some mistake. I mean, I guess we should have realized that 
Uh, there'd be a bunch of women who might have the same foot size. Like, and I'm like... Yeah, he's like... They're, they're are they actually, addressing uh, this? There's actually a lot of women. What happens is that was to help weed it down <laughs> so he could actually like only have to look at, say, 50 women versus every single woman of a certain age yeah. in the town or in the uh, the, the kingdom. So... Um, they, they address that, they address, they, I remember they addressed something else. They like, address a lot of plot holes. They, like, yeah. oh, you can't love a woman after the first night. Oh, it just so happens that the king met his wife and knew that he was in love the first time they met. It was so sweet to see the king talk about his wife. It was so precious because he brings her up and she's been trying to practice dancing with the prince and she can't dance at all, when the, which the princess finds suspicious because yeah. he's like, I remember dancing with you. You danced very well then. So he goes, she goes up and he's going to, she thinks he's going to rail on her and he's like, actually, you know. Well, he goes like, your dancing is atrocious. And she's like, I know, sir. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then. And he looks up at the portrait of his wife. He's like, my wife used to step on my feet all the time, but she kept my heart safe. And there there are there are some really touching scenes and like I wanted to I like actually really wanted to root for Anastasia. And then like they the movie actually led me to root her. Even when she's like a part of this evil plot and like Anastasia, learn, 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 grow. Um, and she does. And she does. So um and the, uh, oh uh you you uh, was not interrupting me but, uh the the guy who's pr uh prince the prince it was prince eric in little mermaid yeah. and peter parker in the 90s that means that he was uh spider-man show oh really yeah it, previously on spider-man spider-man you can't be uh, like oh god i couldn't watch that show because like the first 20 minutes are recap and then like the next 20 minutes are just What's gonna come in the next episode? It, like it always felt like it felt like a worse version of DVZ. <laughs> so, um, and there's some other uh, voice acting in here as well. Um, uh, Corey Burton, who's uh, done a lot of other stuff, and then I know I'm forgetting someone specifically. Um, I thought the King was someone too, but like, oh yeah, the other stepsister, who's also the voice Drizella. Drizella, who's also the voice of the fairy godmother, is the voice of Minnie Mouse. Really? Yeah, I huh. I like I, I love all the like little connections. Oh, all these little so. connections are fun. Um, so she had one of the funniest lines uh, I think ever. So Anastasia comes running in with the wand that she just stole off Fairy Godmother. She's like, "Look, look! I thought I was gonna solve all the problems." And Drizella looks she's like a stick. Let's beat her with it. <laughs> Drizella is like is, fierce. Is like one of the crows on Odin's shoulder, just like whispering in the stepmother's ear the whole time, like like just making super snide comments. Like uh, uh, Anastasia needs her beauty sleep. She can sleep for a hundred years. I don't know if that would be enough. So like, all those so like much. little side comments, uh, the uh, uh, the Mark Scratcho Mark's like. I would have told her to her myself, but I couldn't find her face. You know, yeah. like the twiddling, twiddling the cigar with the eyebrows and the mustache. So. <laughs> and it's uh, completely different character. That's a <laughs> sorry, I don't know my stooges. The, the guy with the big thick eyebrows, glasses, and the, the ah, mustache. Yeah. The grouchy. I know. Marks, sorry, I thought. Glasses, yeah, I know who grouchy. Twiddling marks the mustache. Right. I got you. I know some things. <laughs> uh, so the you get to enjoy these other characters. And they do draw back on, um, or at least pull back on some of the other, like, characters. Like, the Bluebirds are involved a little bit. 
<sighs> I hate to say that the damn mice are way too involved in this freaking movie. They like they less brought it in less involved than the original. Less involved than the original, but they are still way too present. They have a song. Uh, God, that song was terrible. Actually, all right. So here's my probably unfavorable opinion about this movie. The music was terrible. It it derailed at the best of times. You would be having a good emotional moment going here, and then a song would start. I'm like, this is not fitting where it needs to be. Half of these voice actors, or half of these actors, are good singers. But the songs that are used are just like, stop the movie. Here's a song. You're going to appreciate it because these people can sing, but it, it it's going to stop. Yeah, and Disney song, knows. And then, and then Disney knows better. They it. can make a song sung by The Rock seem natural to oh, the progression God, of the story. Yeah. So they know how to do or it. Or a giant talking crab. Also. See, like, they know how to do it. But, I mean, different directors, different budgets, and all that good junk. But the, the music, especially the stupid song. I don't like the mice in the original. I thought they were annoying as hell. And, the mice are there one, for the children. They exactly. The That's the whole reason they're in this movie, too. So, um... There are... But, yeah, I... I the, the, that and Gus Gus. Oh, Gus Gus is my least favorite character in all the Cinderella stuff. Wow. He's a terrible I hate Lucifer. Lucifer's a terrible bastard. Yeah, but he's... That's what he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be, quote-unquote, evil or conniving or name your you know, cat after the devil and see what you get like that's that's what he's supposed to be yeah. he's supposed to be the animal version of the stepmother but good god gus gus is a terrible yeah yeah really yeah we up up shut up <laughs> like don't have them talk if they can't freaking talk in the first place they did talk in the first but it was always that kind of weird sounding talk no that's what i'm meaning is like they're hardly understandable like even like (laughs) even Jacques is like or jack or Jacques. Jacques is like oh yeah it's half the time i can't freaking understand and and it's not like it's the voice actors because that's the direction they were given because that's what they sounded like in the original one yeah it's like Like, I, if they weren't in this movie, then I might have been a little stronger. Possibly. They they did serve some purpose, but... Let's Gus talk Gus about our favorite scenes, because there are a lot of just <laughs> killer scenes in this. I have to say, um, Anastasia's scenes where she is clumsy can get too much. They, like, they play on it too much at times, but there's times when it's natural. So, I have to say, besides the obvious one... Uh, the stuff where it's done correctly, the Anastasia, um, kind of slapstick stuff. Mm-hmm. Drizelle, God, the Drizelle, like, snide comments were freaking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? Um, I really liked, uh, a lot of the lines, and I did like a lot of the comedic timing. There were definitely points that I genuinely laughed in this. Should we tell them the scene? I feel like we should tell them the scene. We have to tell them the scene. Okay. I, the, here, so, I'll, before, so, before we go on, we do actually kind of recommend this movie. I don't think we're going to give it a rating unless you want to. Uh, well, we didn't rate anything else. I think it was just going to be of a... These are... They're all recommended. Let's just say they're all average. Yeah. 
They're they, they, Disney they, average. They are all worth a watch. Whether you come away thinking that this movie is amazing or not is kind of up to you. That, but that's why we're that's why we did this list to begin with is because we're not trying to say these are the best Disney sequels. We're saying we enjoy these Disney sequels and for specific reasons. Here's why. And here's why we think you would enjoy it. So, we recommend all of these movies. So, yeah. the scene that we're talking oh, um, about... And are... the the crazy dark stuff, like, at the end when she's getting shipped off to another... Just just being... Uh, not imprisoned. She's being... Banished. Banished. Yep. Banished from the kingdom. So, she's just, just sitting there, just completely dejected on the edge of this boat. Just, like, going off. Who got... In? God knows where. And then stepmother... You know, she gets back and she's like, we'll see about this. Stepmother sends her... Inside a pumpkin. Yeah, like the pumpkin hadn't even like fully grown, and she's like she's like, just stuck inside this 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 juicy. You've seen it inside of a pumpkin. It's disgusting. So this is just this disgusting <laughs> pumpkin that's surrounding her. As oh, it if you grows. think it's disgusting, why do we have to carve pumpkins every year? I love pumpkin seeds and jack o' lanterns, foo. So we gotta carve them. But the inside of a pumpkin, you would not want to be on the inside of a pumpkin. And she's yeah. stuck inside it and all the guts are dripping everywhere all over her and there's these thorny branches everywhere and they turn Lucifer the cat into just this hellion of, like a, of a steal man. steal a horse and give it like a thorn bridle and jump. Oh, it's so crazy dark and I'm like, what is happening? Like, they, they, like, they took a page or a half a page of the minimum of Don Bluth's oh, yeah. like direction. Like, they, they went a little dark with this movie. Like, darker than Disney typically goes. It's a good climax. It's yeah. a good climax. I, like, I was kind of like, holy crap, what's going to happen? So, but the scene we're talking about... Uh, <laughs> the, the scene that made us want to watch it in the first place. So, we yes. definitely recommend that if you want to, go um just Google the scene. If you look for the funniest scenes in Cinderella 3, I have no There's, doubt the, you will find this. The, um, the mice have finally communicated to the prince that... He's been put under a magic spell, and that's why he can't remember that Cinderella was a girl he danced with at the ball. But she's being banished, and you gotta go get her. And so he goes out, and he's like, his father's, where are you going? And he's like, the talking mice told me I have to go find the girl I love. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, like... Talking uh, the, mice? The bluebirds who brought me in here are friends with these talking mice who told me that I'm under a magic spell, and I have to go save this girl from being banished. And the king's and just like, like, what? It's like, don't you trust me, father? I trust you. I don't trust these talking mice. And and like finally, the father or the king gets upset. He's like, you will not take one more step. And and like he's standing on a landing, and he goes, uh, okay. And he jumps out of a window. Like the animation is what sells this. Because yes. when we're saying it, it's like. What? But you watch the animation, it's the most tight, comedic, animaniacs level just, animation. Like, it's all facial, eye movement. He, just facial he uh, facial looked, movements, uh, eye, uh, eye characteristics, mouth movements, whole, just all these facials. Like, uh, okay. And like, he looks like at the, his father, just all, only eye movement. Looks at his father, looks to the side, looks back at his father, slightly shrugs and grins and says, okay. Uh, uh, and then okay. he is gone. Like... He just, like just speed jumps. lines out of frame, gone out just the window. Straight out the window, and like the father's like, whoa, 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 what? And like, and it's you're like, he didn't take another step forward. It was <laughs> incredible, and we had seen the scene before this. I was certain we wouldn't laugh again, and I laughed. Oh god, there were there were times like where I was surprised at how hard I was laughing, like. 
Oh my god. Now sometimes goodness. you laugh because it's terrible. Y- yeah, some, the but- ends, the the pain. Oh my god, the, we forgot to talk about this during the music. Yeah. There so- is a pose uh, at the beginning, Cinderella's dancing around looking at the portraits of her and the prince together. They have a painting of her and the prince side by side on different horses who have both reared at the exact same time. I'm just wondering how the court painter captured that long enough to get But that's not the funny part. The funny part is at the end when Hayden Panettiere is singing the pop oh, song about Hayden. love and you... find follow your heart. They're passing by different uh, Cinderella interpretations of famous artworks like uh, Monk's The Scream and uh, p- portraits of Napoleon and all yeah. these different ones. And then it gets to a painting that is meant to replicate the photographs that you get out of those oh, photo, photo booths. For like three bucks, you go in, it takes four shots in quick succession. And it's them, like, normal, kissing, goofy face, and then the mice. I'm like, are you uh, serious? Oh I enjoyed it. God. Aaron facepalmed real hard, which he had not done yet in the movie. At, near the end, is when it, when it got overly sappy, that's when I was just like, come on. Because it wasn't like a normal... Because, like... When the the king when the king is talking to Anastasia about his you know his dead wife and talking about true love, that was beautiful. Yeah, like that like was heartfelt. And like, but then there's times to like perfectly perfect in my head. It's it gets there are times when it gets so overly sappy. I did. I will tell you, I felt for Cinderella hard. She tried so many times and keeps getting thwarted. Every single time. Half the time she's trying. She has no idea if she's actually, you know, really real. She only has herself to convince herself because fairy grandmother's been turned to stone. She yeah. only has herself to convince herself that I did dance with the prince. He should it know me. Dream. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of heavy stuff. I really wish they kept it going like a little bit longer to like just make her like, so where, like, even where, more like, sympathetic. Where like she like at the very end, like where she's like, I don't even know if I actually danced with him. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe, like, we're almost, like, she's almost convinced about it, too. And then something convinces her the, the And then she way. thought it was magic or something. Yeah, like, the Lucifer, like, goes, ha, 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 the plan has worked. She doesn't realize it anymore. And she still had that one drop, like, wait a minute, it was true, it's an evil plot. Like, yeah. and, like, all of this stuff, or, like, the, there, I think that would have made it stronger, but it wouldn't have, quote-unquote, completely saved the movie. But it would have made it stronger. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think there... Yeah, the music was terrible. The comedic timing, for the most part, was actually pretty on point for this kind of movie. There really was. She um, goes up to try and get into the castle... And uh, they're handing out wedges of cheese for people to bring <laughs> we, in. Yeah, we, we mentioned this earlier. <laughs> well, there's a great scene where she goes up and he's like, he's like looking at her like, I don't know you. And she gives him a smile. He's like, and he smiles back and gives her the wedge of cheese and off she walks. He, then the next guy walks up and he looks at the guy hanging at the cheese. And he just makes a put old grin on his face. It's like almost like the same smile, but like bigger. And like I know that guy's face like. <laughs> and the guy just gives him like four of loaves of cheese. Like, get in there. Stop like, it. All right, all right, all right. You know, it was still it, there was it, it was like humor, and they 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 it didn't have to be oh my goodness wacky like slapstick type stuff. They did it. There was more subtle ones. There were more like kind of quips. There was absolutely slapstick. There was, but they did they did work in the quiet humor as well. Mm-hmm. So um, there was some in like kind of like kind of subtle humor with like the sword fight. 
Like at one point, uh, the prince is fighting him, and he's not even like paying attention. He's just like fighting him, and he's like looking away, and he's like thinking about his love. Yeah, and something that would just be normally like so like stupid if you saw it. The animation works well to make it a funny joke, a new joke. Um, with uh, I, we've mentioned him so many times. We've already mentioned him tonight. But Nizajiko, one of the things he he likes to point out is is whenever you do things in animation, there is a reason. You're trying to show either a different time period. Or, or, or trying to show something you may not be able to capture in real life. Yeah. That is one of the best uses of animation. And this is in this situation is absolutely one of those reasons. Or, or is one of those um, I believe times. he was talking about that in conjunction with Eight Crazy Nights. Because there's literally no reason for that to be an animated movie. Even unless though it's, unless it's like the, the deer. Which that, yeah. that may be one of the things I review. Or that we review. Because... I watched that as a kid, and I liked it. And I've watched it as an adult, and, and my life has it, it does not stand up except for a couple very specific things. So we're not going to delve too much into that because that might it be a Christmas episode. Adam Sandler night. No. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe future idea there. Uh, so with. But, like, with the, the the sword fighting scene, like, he's, like, jumping through the air and, like, doing acrobatics and Olympic... And I see why they did that now. Because I'm thinking, like, well, okay, so they're showing that he's, he's trained, he's qualified, he, he has interests, like, like sports. Um, and I'm like, what's why is this being here? Why is this put into play? And then he has a scene where he has to jump onto the ship to stop Cinderella from Or, like, leaving. jump out of the window, and it's like... You don't second do guess it because he can. He, he's already proven that he can do it yeah. in a setting where he didn't need to do it. Yeah. Even when he lands, he's like, oh, good, that worked. Okay, off I go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's, it, see, like, that. that's where something, like, some, a, a, I didn't even think about that. Like, you just made me realize that. Like, <laughs> that, it, and, and, and when I think about it, yes, it absolutely was explained yeah. how he jumps out of the window, like, just, like, straight up, like, boing and he's out the window um or like he has to jump onto the deck of the ship like you were saying like he flies through the air because he's very acrobatic and like they cemented like okay the prince is acrobatic this will come into play later you don't realize that and you don't realize that we're telling you that right now yeah it's it's actually very not subtle well i mean i guess maybe it is subtle because <laughs> it, it was done well, I do, uh, I do appreciate how they did it. So, um, stall it out. We have to get to an hour on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so would I put Cinderella three, a twist in time above either of the two movies that I mentioned before, the Latin King of, and King of Thieves. Good question. Or, um, an extremely goofy movie. Definitely not above an extremely goofy movie, because the um, uh, because a that holds an, a very nostalgic place in my heart. Unfortunately, that that's going to be something that it would take like the likes of like nostalgia critic to tear it down or everything <laughs> wrong with to like completely show me what's wrong with this movie for it to be completely don't torn let away someone from else top. shatter your childhood. And, and see, that's another thing. Like it. Um, I used to, because uh, I uh, I was born in South Dakota, and my grandparents lived up there, and I would go and visit them every month. Well, they both worked most of the time I was up there, 
but I would either go do things with them at their works, or when I got a little older, they allowed me to go to a YMCA. The YMCA had a nice big screen TV with a bunch of different movies that they would put on me about once or twice a day. Well, uh, they, they, they did heavyweights a few times, they did a bunch of other movies, um, and sometimes like a kid would bring in like a VHS of a TV show. Uh, but one of the main movies that they put on was an extremely goofy movie. That's cool. So that was always like a treat whenever I got to watch it because I didn't have it at home. And, you know, the, and so I would try to watch it there. There's another movie that I would always start watching, but I would never finish. So whenever I got to finish it, it was almost like getting dessert. It was so, and I can't remember what it is, but I know it's another kid's movie and I'm trying to remember what it is. So. I had the same kind of experience with my Nana when we would go up to visit. She didn't have like cable or much anything but she had very specific movies that she had got for us and we would watch really wild animals i don't know if you guys have ever heard of really wild animals but it features a talking globe of talking animated oh frog. yeah you show me this a little bit and it was really fun for a kid because each there were six of them and each one was a different ecosystem that you got to look at and talk yeah. about all the different animals there's always it was shot very well i think it was national geographic who produced it so more than likely yeah. it was it's really good like very great it for kids you mean it wasn't zoo books it wasn't zoo books i had zoo books too so i didn't i i was not lucky enough to get zoo books or nick magazine i did get Disney Adventures magazine. I miss that thing. That was actually really, really cool. I wonder if anyone has like copies. So, but in that same at essence, I watched basically what is the Avengers of the Hanna Barbera's, uh, the Hanna Barbera thing uh, licenses that weren't like the Jetsons and Flintstones. It was so called Yogi Bear fights crime. It was Yogi Bear and the Spruce Goose. I have no idea what the Spruce Goose is. The Spruce Goose is the big airplane that howard hughes invented yeah the eccentric yeah you know, genius yeah he invented this giant plane that shouldn't have been able to fly but was able to and apparently in the hanna-barbera uh world it not only flies but somehow has like overly sci-fi properties and almost magical properties i am not kidding i've never heard of this before i cannot remember the setup to how they get to the uh the plane that yogi bear is flying yogi a magic bear, plane um, that's that's enough for me <laughs> uh yogi bear the uh um exit stage snagglepuss snagglepuss yogi bear uh uh boo boo um snagglepuss like almost is all space ghost there no 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 <laughs> uh no he was he was coast to coast um, <laughs> they, his own plane. Yeah. Uh, like, they had this, like, huge, like, it was this huge adventure. They had this real bratty kid at one point, and... Would you trade... Snidely Whiplash and Mumsy, or Mumbly... Mum, Mumbly? Mumbly, um, like, are chasing them, like, the entire time trying to get the plane. If I can find this... We are going to watch it, and we may have to review it because it is such an experience. Because would you trade in this? Would you trade the Spruce Goose for Scooby Doo? God, yeah. well, what's which Scooby Doo? Like the original Scooby Doo series. You said this is a. Oh God, yeah, I didn't like the original Scooby Doo series. <gasps> oh God, no, I was oh. never a fan. I like some of the the oh. remake stuff, like the Mystery Inc. one, the one that was um, a couple years back. I think your oldest brother was watching it at the time. 
He that the one original, was too. The original series is cheap as hell, but it has a great charm that Flintstones eh, had doesn't have, yeah. Jetsons doesn't have, but Scooby Doo does. I, I didn't like the original one. I like the one where they started including celebrities. I did like that a little bit. I know, oh my god, you went backwards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's but when everything started dive bombing. I, I did not like the Scrappy Doo. I did like the one where he had to like uh, help the daughters of the famous uh, villains. Oh my god, I remember that. Or not the villains, the monsters. Like, there's a little uh, a vampire. a girl and a Dracula girl and Scrappy and Scooby have to go in to help them in this school. They're like, they're like um, volleyball or Shaggy something like that. Shaggy is their coach or something? Yeah, Shaggy becomes their coach and there's some random I will tell chick. you, there are some great movies where it's just Shaggy, Scooby, and Scrappy do. One of them is where they go into like Deep South to the Beauregard Plantation because Shaggy inherits it. And they have to fight off the ghost that's living inside it. Are you, wait, wait, hang on, hang on. Are you talking about the witch's ghost? No. Are you talking Is about... It's still old-fashioned Are you talking animation? about Zombie Island? No. Because both of those movies are way better. Another Halloween episode. Zombie Island scared me. It terrified me. That, it was a, it was it was scary. I do not disagree with you. I was I, terrified. That might be another episode, actually. I'm gonna so have flashbacks. We, we, we've uh, so we've kind of gotten super off track. Aaron, um, if having a podcast means we can't get off track, I don't have a podcast anymore. <laughs> so um, with the. Uh, Oh, God, I'm trying to retry. But, okay, so your grandmother had the... Uh, the really the, wild animals. The Spruce Goose and We're Back at Dinosaur Story were the oh, two movies whoa. that my great-grandmother had at her house that I, I was able to watch. That's a trippy movie. So, with all of that coming back, we're going to come back to it. So, I would not put Cinderella 3 above an extremely goofy movie, but I would put it on par with Prince of Thieves, or King of Thieves. Okay. I would... Uh, put it under Bambi 2, but above Ariel 3, uh, Little Mermaid 3, and Lion King 2. Wow, really? It has rewatchability. In the a way, twist in time? Yeah, it has okay. rewatchability in a way that those two do not. See, like, and uh, that's, a li- that's a little bit of an influence with my decision, but not completely. Mm-hmm. So I, I, but I, 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 I appreciate that. I preach. I preach. I preach. I preach. So, um, again, we're not going to do ratings for this one, um, and uh, I think we've come up with a couple ideas for future episodes. Yeah, and I'm going to have to explain to you what show I'm talking about, because it is not Zombie Island, it's a thing back when you well, still had the... Okay, but there was also the one where he accidentally becomes a part werewolf, Yep. and he's... Uh, and he's in a race car. Yes, it's like wacky races with Scooby-Doo, but at the same time, there's like... Any movie with Shag, Scoob, and Scrap on the road just doing ridiculous... Yeah. And it's all real. Like, n- like every other Scooby-Doo Mystery Inc. is yeah. uh, it's, it's always a guy in a mask. But every time that the three of these guys get on the road, they always find the real deal. <laughs> like, the... Okay, we now we now have like maybe two episodes out of just the Scooby Doo. Every so. every podcast in October will start with a quick five minute recap of the Scooby Doo movie we watched. <laughs> so um, we have delved pretty deep into some real mind blowing. Oh my god, I forgot about that territory. We would definitely like to hear your thoughts on what you consider an actual watchable Disney sequel. There are some stinkers out there. 102 Dalmatians, the live action Patches one. Lo- oh, I think it's Patches London Adventure. That one that one was bad. Is that the animated one? Patches London Adventure 
is not, you're not there for the dogs. You're there for Corella DeVille finding inspiration in artwork and going on a mad chase with a painter trying to figure out how to paint something that'll keep her bloodlust for fur coats away. Now, is is that the live action one? No, this is the animated one. Okay, because I've definitely not seen the anime one. Because the live action one, it, I, I remember I saw the live action one in 102 Dalmatian. I held a lot more than I saw the first one, the 101 Dalmatians, because I remember more from that one than I remember from the original live action one. Wasn't do, the original live action one just torturing Glenn Close for the last 30 minutes? Pretty much. Like, she she had a hard, hard time coming back to that movie. That um, was a lot of... I mean, there was a lot of pratfalls. There's a lot of physical stunts. A lot. Because they were trying to be too too cartoony. But uh, Ian McGruffled... Uh, uh, is it Gruffled? Gruffled? Yeah. Gruffled. Gruffled. He's in it. He's actually one of the protagonists. Oh, yeah. Um, so, there, uh, that's Mr. Fantastic from the uh, early millennium Fantastic Force. The, uh, no, I can't even say anything. I couldn't say worst or best or most watchable or least watchable. They're, they're all, all Fantastic Force movies exist in a I would rewatch, like, have, I, I would have to sit through both of them in one time and not be able to make any Captain America jokes. Ha. I'm not saying no jokes at all. I'm saying no Captain America jokes. Instead of watching the fan four stick, I would take that option every time. I would watch both of those movies in one sitting without in, it, without making Captain America jokes without watching. Well, I think we could watch, watch any movie episode. besides fan four stick. Exactly. Except the emoji movie. Oh my God. We will not be reviewing that. We nope. will not be reviewing that. Nope. Nope. It's beating nope. a dead horse. We have no differing opinions upon that. No, nope. we both think terrible. it's terrible. <laughs> so, we've got ideas uh, for probably the next episode next or week, a couple uh, episodes. We're, next week, we'll be doing our last podcast before we head off to Dragon Con. I don't know if it's Is it next, next week? week? Is it one we're, more week? We're pulling up a calendar right we're now. We're pulling up. We're stall for time. Stalling for time. Two so, weeks. We're going to have one yeah. more episode and then... The one after that will be the one the weekend we go to Dragon Con. Yeah, I think because, um, uh, yeah, we've got yeah. this one that's coming out, and then we'll have another one. So we'll have two We'll have two that are coming out. We'll have the, this one, and then we'll have another one, and then we'll release the one for... We're not. It's not a Dragon Con special, but it's kind of a Dragon Con special. Yeah. So um, it's... Uh, and there's a very specific reason why it's Dragon Con special. So we definitely should take a picture and have oh, that be the oh God, yeah. for why we pick it for our Dragon Con 100%, special. One hundred percent, I agree with that. So no doubt. Um, but do uh, shoot us a uh, a comment on. Uh, Let us go through. Our, oh yes, our format because I flubbed it so bad. You last really time. did. Um, let me make sure as yeah, we go yeah. through one at a time. But Everything that we have. As she pulls this up, we're, uh, uh, do uh, any of these. Drop us a line. Tell us your favorite Disney sequel. Um, and hell, tell us your least favorite Disney sequel. We would love to hear from you guys and um, you know see if uh, we can if we forgot any that um, maybe like oh I my know, goodness how I did remember Dalmatians 102 Dalmatians until you reminded me that there was an animated sequel that I did enjoy for specific scenes not overall just you, for specific do you scenes. remember the television show 
Oh my god, yes I do. Because they added that random chicken character? Yep. Why? Because they were all on a farm. That's yep. why. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, and like they had like the maid who worked way too hard. <laughs> like, overly hard. So uh, To find all our links, you can always go to our website at marriedtotheidea.weebly.com. Um, but if you also want, you can follow us on Facebook at marriedtotheideareviews.com. Dot, uh, not uh, .com. That's a Facebook link, Elizabeth. Well, a Facebook.com slash Married to the Review. Married, married to the, the Idea, idea reviews. reviews. Or you can just uh, search Married to the Idea on Facebook and you'll be able to find us there. And then Twitter, of course, is Married number two, the idea. Um, that's our handle. Um, be sure to tweet us out. Tell us what you thought of the uh, the podcast. So mm -hmm. and you we, can, need, we, as need, always, we need more tweets, yo. Yeah. And as always, you can rate us on iTunes. Or listen to us on SoundCloud. It's always fun going to SoundCloud when I upload because I get to see what our more popular episodes are. Uh, right now, we're kind of tied between Wonder Woman, our pilot episode, and <laughs> um, Air Force One, actually. Really? Our giant Is... four-part guest that... extravaganza. That So that one has knocked... Uh, um... Uh, Gilmore Girls out of the uh, the placement, huh? Yeah, Atomic Blonde was actually coming oh, up close Atomic behind Blonde, it too. Sorry. Um, well, I mean, just goes to show you that woman power is uh, not something to mess with. Alive so. and well. Uh, so, um, yeah, again, if you guys have any ideas, uh, let us know. Because uh, we've been thinking of ideas. Obviously, I have a list, but we so have so much list. <laughs> and and we've got some ideas, and especially um, because uh, Halloween. Isn't a right around the corner, but it is certainly on the to horizon. To those of us who plan our costumes three months in advance, Halloween is right around the corner. Ho ho it's bas basically, once it gets warm enough that you're like, okay, it's summer, Halloween's around the corner. Yeah, Dragon Con is pre-Halloween. It's get your, <laughs> yeah, get it your is. first costume ready because there's going to be a trick-or-treat night, there's going to be a party night, there's going to be a second party night. You need to have your costumes ready. Yeah, and hopefully our nephew or someone that we go with will actually want to go for more than six houses this time. Uh, yes. Because I was severely disappointed in the amount of candy that I got. Yeah, and I tried to tell Aaron we had an entire bowl of candy waiting yeah, for us back at the house. but it's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. Not the same as candy but, given to you for free. But buying candy before Halloween and then just eating it after Halloween is still not the same as going and getting Halloween candy. After Halloween. Oh, the day after Halloween sale? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So, uh, be sure to follow us everywhere and uh, tell us how we're doing and all that good junk. Uh, but, I think we've gone on for far, far long enough. I think we put more thought into these Disney sequels than they did when making oh, the Disney ho, sequels. Ho, ho, ho. Throwing some shade. Mad shade, yo. Alright, guys. As always, we appreciate it and uh, hope to see you guys real soon next week. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, but until then, she's been Elizabeth. He's been Aaron. And, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea.